0: Okay, it's currently 4.05pm on my watch, so I think we can kick off. Hello everyone, welcome, welcome. Um, Please confirm that you can hear me. Um,
1: me
2: Affirmative, I can hear you.
0: Cool, okay. So, um, my name is Chidara Amutai, it's a pleasure to host another um, Twitter space session powered by Vested. So Vested is a proudly Nigerian brand that is pioneering new ways for Nigerian families to build and sustain their wealth. And in the bid to achieve this this year, we have created a series of interactive sessions themed for your vested interests. Um, I mean, last week we had um, a discussion with it was centered around how you might have to do investing differently this year. And um, our speaker shared insights on how you can invest differently this election year. We have a recording of um, the session on our Twitter page. So feel free to go on there um, to listen to it. So for our session today, we will be discussing um, the cashless policy, the cashless policy. We've been seeing a lot of interesting activities going on. and um, I mean, just recently I was chatting with my colleague and when we put these topics together um, at the beginning of the year, we didn't envisage how topical it would be at this time. And, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in Nigeria now, um, especially because of the election. Um, however, the the objective of this session is not to spark any... any um, political sentiments or to incite you, the essence is to educate you on the subject matter. And the subject matter for today is cashless facts and FAQs, facts, making the cashless policy work for you in 2023. And um, we believe at the end of this session, you'll have a better understanding of how um, you can make the cashless policy work for you. So if you know anyone that would benefit from this session, please go ahead and invite them. Um, you can invite them by sharing the link with them while um, I introduce our speaker. So our speaker is Saeed Kolakpo. He is on the call at the moment in the session. And he is a business product manager and customer success expert with over 10 years cumulative experience in customer service, campaign management, decision-driven data analysis, and product development. He is knowledgeable in product management, internal banking systems, and banking communication with exceptional sales and relationship building skills, along with the proven ability to learn new product skills and tactics. So side thank you so much. It's an honor to have you share your wealth of knowledge with us today Thank you for making our time for us. so before we mm-hmm. kick off um, yes thanks saeed before we kick off I just want to remind everyone that the objective of the session again please is not to incite anybody. Um, it's um, not for you to share um, your political views or stance so we implore everyone to kindly share their opinions in line with this objective and um with the topic again the topic is cashless facts and faqs facts making the cashless policy work for you in 2023 um so feel free to ask questions by requesting to speak or by sending us a dm um you can use our hashtags vested hashtag vested ng or um hashtag vested for your vested interests um if you learn anything profound, if you want to share anything on the um, session. So let's kick off. Um, Saeed, so I'm going to be throwing you some questions and I mean, I believe you're up to the task, but um, the first one off the top of my head is, how do you think, I mean, we, we know, right, we're we we are getting feelers, we're seeing things happening on social media, but how do you think this cashless policy has affected Nigerians? Can you give like a perspective on how um, of how this is affecting different regions in the country at the moment?
2: Um, thank you for that, Chidera, and um, welcome, listeners. Uh, and I'm sure if you look at the mirror and you scream cashless, cashless, cashless three times, you get the answer on how this has been disrupting or affecting people in Nigeria. That's on that's on a lighter note, right? But it's it's a disruption for me because we're coming from a solely cash-dependent ecosystem to a cashless one, right? And you know, everything that has to do with change has this leg of panic to it, and also the rumor around it. Uh, we've seen I've seen myself the queue on the ATMs are terrible, right? Uh, you see, it, it's, it's the good thing for it is like the angle is how people become so law-abiding when they're under when, when the spotlight. You see people saying they can only use one card at the ATM, you can't withdraw more than this, like um, mini CBN agents. But in totality, what we've seen is um, a strangulation of a cash-dependent ecosystem to go to cashless. And you know that's um, particular disruption before everything settles down is what we're seeing People want to get as much cash as possible out of panic, if you ask me, because we don't know what's happening. And CBN is doing a lot of um, information dissemination to tell people to relax. We didn't cancel. You have access to your cash. We're not shutting down. We just regulate the limits you're taking, you know. So while some some parties, basically the traders are socializing some part of the business-oriented people, Uh, your mom and pop are actually taking out their cash because that is what their business depends on, buying from, a, you know, the cash exchange, while others who have access to the digital know, okay, what do I need? What amount of cash do I really need? Am I safe within the limit? So there's no limit, um, there's no need to to panic. But um, just to answer your question spot on, it's been actually terrible. Nigerians are in a situation, in a dear situation, if you ask me, trying to cope. To the change and at the same time trying to balance their livelihood because the average waiting time on ATM Q now is what 40 minutes to an hour just to get 5,000 or 20,000, depending on what bank and what card you're using. So we're just hoping everything gets stabilized soon and we go back to regular programming.
1: Mm, Right.
0: Um, So I we've been seeing a lot of things happening on social media, um, and I think this one maybe I think it trended last week or two weeks ago. We saw that somebody went to withdraw five naira notes over the counter, and we're just thinking like, what's what's this five naira, ten naira, twenty naira craze, and and what does the new cashless policy do to the value of the naira? Is this like a strategy or, of, you know, trying to increase the value of Naira? Um, that's why, um, you know, they are now releasing five Naira notes. I even saw um, a video of somebody counting coins. I don't know how true these stories are, but how does it, how does this new cashless policy affect the value of Naira? Yeah.
2: Um. Well, to so answer your question from the top, right, so the 5-narrow, 10-narrow, 20 naira, Chris, right? Uh, yeah. I think people, okay, so this is directly from me, right, while waiting at the ATM and I chat up people to just have conversations. What do you feel about this cashless policy and all that? And I noticed the information, you know how it says when it triples down from A to B, it has been modified. B gets it across to C, it is modified further. What someone told me at the ATM was they are canceling one thousand five hundred and two hundred, and taking them out of circulation completely. And I was shocked. I'm like, no, they are changing it, is the color, it's still the same, but he wasn't willing to listen. So I guess yeah. if you're going by that line of thoughts, so people are thinking, if this form of currency, these denominations are going out of circulation, let me get as much of the of the currencies that are safe in quotes for my transaction. That is one. That is uh, one angle to look at it. Then another angle you can look at it from, if you compare to other economies, let's use U.S. or U.K., where they still have the pennies and they spend the coin and small denominations, is because the economy tried in providing value for little things. I mean, in Nigeria, if you're not purchasing things digitally, let's use example ShopRite, you're getting something and you see uh, 49 dollars if you're paying cash, then trust me, you can't get change for that one kobo that is left on it, right? So I think the whole five naira, ten naira, twenty naira craze is trying to encourage the habits of since where the the larger denominations are are kind of being um, they have limits on them now. So dependency, we go on the smaller denominations, so it, you can comfortably get something from that mom and pop shop down your area for for five naira and the copy 5 Naira change. Until before now, you would not even present 100 Naira for that transaction. I bet you'll give them 500 or 1,000 Naira for a transaction of 100 bucks because we have it in surplus. But now that you're putting limits on the higher denomination, everybody's coming back on the lower ones. And, you know, the, the people's thinking is, let me get it first before we have a shortage on those ones too, right? So to speak to how this affects the value of Naira, I think um, how it affected directly, um, I wouldn't say I'm in a position to say. But going by my ecosystem or the small environment is now those little things that disappeared. Oh, I need to get a candy, a small sandbox. Or I I just finished from the restaurant. I have bad breath. Or I want to avoid it. I need to get, let's say, a tom-tom. But I can't because I don't have 10 naira. I wouldn't lie to you. I can't remember the last time I saw 10 naira or 20 naira. It's been a while. 500, exactly.
0: 1000. now. I don't think it's anything worth 5 naira or 10 naira now. I don't okay. i
2: don't think we, we We have those things, right? Because we don't have the currency, the domination to purchase them. So you find yourself buying three for 100 naira or you're yeah. buying six for 15 naira. So, so yeah. the trader found a way around it because they can't go looking for this change. But now that we're coming back to that stage now that the, the big currency is not available. It is regulated. I have 1,000 euro notes. I don't want you to bust it in a smaller one. I'm now carrying luggage. And the whole digital sense of saying, i rather do transfers than then people now come down to lower denomination, getting those things. So if the price has been inflated to accommodate for the lack of that denomination of the exact amount of the products. So I think now that that denomination is available or we are forced to use them, that the price can also be stepped down, so I can now get um, a candy for ten naira or five naira, which is actual value, uh, aside being inflated to say I'll buy three for fifteen naira. Because it's either I buy it or I live it. So I think if you if you take into consideration all these microscopic changes in the long term, is going to um, gather together to empower the hmm. naira.
0: So, like, so when you say in the long term, like how long can you estimate? Because where it's it's painful to the average nigerian right and we're all thinking that CBN shouldn't have even done this where we, i'm sure a lot of people will, will be thinking we were better off before so how long like in your estimation would we have to go through this um hell and high water like how long do we have to endure can you estimate
2: how long in totality i can't say but like every other trend in Nigeria, if you use data, I'll say give it between 90 to 120 days. The first 30 days is usually panic. People want everything and all costs. I want to the first to get it or I want to the first to get rid of it, depending on what you're talking about. But as distance settles down, or for example, I queued an hour to get 20K from the ATM and I go through the week and I, I find myself transferring for most of my transactions. What that tells me at the end of the week is, oh, maybe I don't even need as much as 20K for this yeah. week. And that means next week and the third week, you won't see me at the ATM machine. And trust me, it's not only me. You have people that think like me, or I can communicate to my friend. Oh, mm. I collected 20K and I didn't even use it for three weeks. Maybe I don't need cash after all. Then it comes after the panic stage, Down comes acceptance. Okay, I'll give an example. This is, this is typical Nigerian behavior and I'm guilty. When the Secular came out sometime in December 6th, and we're like, nobody's CBN, they will shift them. People in panicking. Market people, especially, money and money, they will change them. And it's a trend that's happened in Nigeria. And true to the word, on the D-Day, uh, CBN came out and said, well, we're giving grace to February 10. So you still have some people of that school of thought said, nothing is happening. We're here to February ten. Nigeria will still shift to Gold Post. You get my point. So that way, some people are on phase. So let's see what will happen. But if it comes to stay, let's say February 10th, CBN is close the gate. This is here to stay. Then you have the acceptance phase where people accept their faith. This is here to stay. And we now move to survival mode. Okay. Now that I can't leave, I have to embrace cashless. How do I try? How do I survive? Do I have a bank account? No, I need to get a bank account. Do I have a bank account? Yes. Do I need to get another one? And the more people start embracing survival tactics, it becomes a way of life and everything stabilizes. And it becomes sometime in the past. That's what we'll start the conversation around cashless. So i say give it 90 to 120 days and um, and see how things will pan out.
0: Hmm. I like the sense behind it. I like how you broke it down. So mm-hmm. I know that there are like stages to, Um, I think it's like the breakup stages, something about anger, <laughs> acceptance, and something like
2: that. I, I, I can't acceptance, it grieve and yes. all, but yes. we're in for cashless, not break fast. Let's catchless.
0: focus on cashless. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lover's month love. so I just thought about it. I like panic. Pan- we're in the panic phase now, and it makes a lot of sense because we don't know what's happening. So a lot of people are confused. But I feel like with time, we we'll begin to accept that this thing is here to stay. And then we we'll begin to start thinking of other ways like to survive. So that's why we're now going to the survival mode and we we'll begin to embrace this cashless um, policy. I think for the most part, like you said, it is to our benefit. But I think, I think most people will just be thinking, what happens to the cash Like, what happens to all the money that is being collected? Because, you know, they gave us deadlines to go and um, um, to put our our old notes into the bank. What happens to those old notes?
2: Oh, well, uh, the old notes definitely are going, they are being taken out of circulation, right? What I know for sure is the serial numbers will be recycled and put back into economy for circulation and we can track them. But the actual paper that's been taken out, um, I think on, on credible authority, they're going to be recycled, you know, shredded and the paper is recycled into, into something else. But coming back into the economy, I don't I don't see it happening.
0: Hmm. I like the idea yeah. of clean. I like the idea that yeah. it's not just going to stay there and waste. So I, I I know that the um CBN has a um, I don't know the exact words to call it, but they have a policy where they are, they are supposed to destroy old notes, right? So that it doesn't go back in circulation or something like that. Can you throw more light on that?
2: Oh, yes. So so basically what they do over time, because this currency is actually uh, paper and they're subjected to wear and tear, right? Mm-hmm. So after a time, although if if you look at it technically, behind this paper is a digital value attached right that's why i can transfer 20k from my account to your account and you get value right yeah. the paper is just what you use to initiate this transaction right so mm-hmm. it's been so that's why they have tracking numbers so they know at what point where is this money is at, at what vaults or what bank did it originate from and all that but but aside that once this paper no longer serves value, it has 1000 Naira written on it and it's eroded, it, it's gone, and I can only see 10 Naira or, or 100 showing on 100, on 1000 Naira notes. Then I know it's time to take it off circulation because it's not serving its value anymore. It is defaced, it is turned. So at that point, that's why it, they usually use the banks as agent. So when you go to deposit money, the bankers we now sort it. They have a sorting house where they now sort this and take out the unfit notes. That's what they call on fit and take it to CBN. So what it means is when you go to make a deposit at CBN, when the bank, which is um um the banker's warehouse, now that's where all this money is going to go at the end of the day, you have the fit notes and unfit notes. The unfit note goes to another side of the machine where they're back together. Serial number taken just to be sure nobody takes this money and goes back to recycle it into the system and get value for it. Then, of course, it goes off to an independent contractor for destruction. By destruction, I mean shredding and being recycled into plaster mold, uh, clay pots, and other things that, you know, just to conserve the environment.
0: That mm, makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I want you to touch on the idea behind this cashless policy again I know you mentioned it briefly in the beginning um, when I asked um, what you thought about how it was affecting Nigeria's. But I, I want you to touch on it but before you do I just want to encourage everyone on the call to you know um, send the link to people that you feel would benefit from the session invite other people because um, I'll be asking side questions that I feel um, are on the minds of you know the average Nigerian. So, um, so I share the the idea behind this cashless policy. Like a lot of people are thinking, CBN is you know forgive me, CBN for using this word crazy <laughs> for implementing this <laughs> <it. laughs> at this time. I mean, there's a lot going on, and it's an election year, so there's just a lot going on, and then this cashless thing has come to add to our troubles. So uh, we. Just share with us what the idea behind this cashless policy is. Why did they wake up? It just seemed like they woke up from, you know, their have slumber and they started to do this thing. Why?
2: Um, uh, well, if you follow the trend, like I say, right, I don't have a crystal ball, but after the launch of e-Naira, I've been anticipating the cashless move. Because mm-hmm. how else do you want the digital currency to grow when your economy is largely dependent on the cash? So either you find a way to balance the two so they can have like a pilot kind of approach or you take one off and people are forced to go back to the digital, which is E-N-I-R-A. And I don't know if you've seen the campaign by CVN, SMS is saying open E-N-I-R-A wallets, make your transaction easier. They're compelling mom and pops, small shops and others to accept E-N-I-R-A. So I already saw this move coming after that launch, but that's by the way, then coming from a business perspective, right? Uh, We all like the money, we like the mullet. It costs a lot more to maintain this physical Naira from tracking, this busing, recycling, and all that. Uh, I don't know, but I know uh, while I was still on Marina, you know, CBN was just behind us. And you see those, um, I don't know what they call those big bosses who line up with cash in them. You have armed gunmen blocking the street just because they're transferring from CBN to a banking via and all that. Yeah. So this comes at a cost and it's high. So imagine where you're compelled to just press a button on your laptop and you transfer whatever billion you want to send there. You don't need all these, um, in quotes, paparazzi, all those elements you need to send. So coming from business perspective, it's going to be a major cost reducer. In fact, hmm. if you Google, it, I saw it on Google from one of these, um, I think one of these credible newspapers, they, they printed the costs right? It used the cost you need to print money, your actual 1500 and it was alarming. So, like, oh. I need to pay this much to get this value for in physical money, make it make sense. So, if if yeah, I will be on, on track, if I say this is what CBN is coming from, that is business perspective, because I'm a businessman. I'm after cost reduction, right? But I've had um, people talking on the side, it's a move by CBN, you know, to flush out ill-gotten wealth in, in brackets. And if you look at it kind of logically and in our in-course, Nigerian sense, it kind of goes with the narrative. So you know how we've, we've seen it during EFCC era when they started the whistleblower team where you have people with stack of dollars or naira in their houses or in vacant houses, some in suck away, others in containers, just stack it yeah. there to when they need it and the reason is since after the invention of uh bvn number bangization oh. number which allows them to track basically a transaction there's a there's a niche platform where if I punch in your bvn number that's why it's very vital i have like a global view of all the assets you have in in, in the banks tied to that bvn right so what's what's another angle how some people are putting it and um, quotes how some people, right, because this has not been verified, yeah. is that, OK, we have a lot of ill-gotten world and this is election time, uh, you know, electioneering, vote buying and all that. You need cash to achieve this. And one of the most people are speculating is if you if you change this currency at um, within a tight schedule. So the only way these people can get the new currency is to take this money to the bank. And you know the whole Nigerian Financial Intelligence Unit regulation for an individual, if you deposit five million and above, I need to report it. And for corporate ten million and above, it needs to be reported. So imagine a large say, going to a GT bank with um, bags full of money, and I'm depositing five hundred million. Of course, that's going to trigger a red flag, and I have EFCC and ICPC to. To answer to, right? So that's the whole thing that, okay, if this money is legitimate, then you don't have a problem taking it to the bank to exchange. But if it is ill-gotten as it is stated, then it's most likely you forfeit it because how do you want to put it back in circulation? And by forfeiting it, it kind of makes you level with other people. Uh, if the stash of cash is what's giving you power or enabling your corruption, a palace now the cash is gone so are you going to focus on what is legitimate and you earn it like the rest of us uh we never can tell but that's the two angle cost saving and also uh you know kind of uh, rendering ill-gotten worlds um uh, valueless in the in the economy
0: hmm. okay so um I, I I like the first point that you made of how it makes business sense. um cost a lot to print this money and I think um we Nigeria really needs, you know, the forward thinking of, you know, trying to just cut costs where necessary. Because I mean, we need all the money that we can get in Nigeria, and we can save for the lack of, you know, better explanation. So that makes sense. And then um, this ill-gotten money. I mean, it also makes sense because of this election period and how, um, and and even pre-election or post-election period where. People would just have like a lot of cash and, you know, once just put it in their bank account, but they would, you know, be able to explain um, where the cash is coming from and whatnot. So that also makes a lot of sense. So it's for our own good. And for the people that are, are you upset um, about this, um, like Saeed shared, we're in a panic phase. Let's just give it some time and just. Give this cashless policy a chance. It's for our own good, and in the in the long run, it would you know benefit all of us. So speaking of um of um, okay. So I think the next question that I would want you to address is, so now that there are limits to our transactions, um, I know that for individuals, for some banks, it's twenty thousand per day. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I think it's 20,000 and you won't be able to withdraw, um, extra cash after you've withdrawn your limit for the day. So are there ways, I know that, you know, um, for example, Vested has shared like five ways to effectively, you know, plan your, or budget better, you know, if you have like a certain amount, um, but can you share on, on, on like in this session, um, Ways that we can plan effectively towards, you know, doing money differently to accommodate this new cashless policy, um, this new change. Now that there are limits to our Yeah, start. Hey,
2: Chider, I'll just say you let the couch out of the bag because your question came with the answer already. And the oh. ultimate thing would be budgeting. I need to know where my money is going to so I can plan. You know what they say? Uh, when you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So it's easier now. If I say, okay, the limit I have per week is five hundred k, right? And a day, given the panic mode we are now, I can only get twenty. I can only squeeze twenty thousand out of the ATM or out of my bank. And we nine to five fivers, it's act almost impossible. At what time do you want to leave your workspace to go and get space on the ATM and all that? But if you're able to budget to say, okay, um, if I'm using, what amount of cash do I use in a week? You can start from a day, multiply by five or six, depending on what your work day is, and say, okay, I need X amount of cash. Is this okay for me? The others, then I can do transfer or the way I can make payments. Like, you know, um, there's, this, um, there's this peer-to-peer that's been happening unofficially. I've gone to a supermarket before where I got stuck. My card wouldn't read on that POS for a particular reason. And there was a guy behind me, i like, boss Alpha, let me transfer to you, then I swear for your card. You're like, hey, no problem. That's pay-to-pay transaction. It's not being monitored by any any uh, institution or anything. But again, that's based on mutual trust. But to avoid plenty Shalai, like we say in the trenches, right? Just have a good budget. A wholesome budget that covers your spending um, in, in weeks then a month, and you can take it to quarterly or per year. So that way you have direction. Then, uh, after having a budget, of course, and I'll say, just make a provision for emergency cash. Now, what is the limit? 10K, 5K, 20K based on regular happenstance around your circle. So you you already know. Like we know, it will take a while before cash will be displaced as king. That is the truth. So if you have a budget, try to stick to it. You know, no. If if it's not in your budget, trust me, you don't need it because you didn't budget for it. Then, of course, try as much as possible um, to encourage people around you to adopt it. Because the faster they adopt it, then the easier it becomes uh, for you. Like local businesses around us, the mom-and-pop shops, can we put them through? And I think this is actually the time for this um, telcos to come up with their products. The Momo agents, MTN Money and others like us. I don't need a bank account now. My telephone number is a wallet as it is. So I'm getting something for 800 bucks, 500, 300. Why don't I just Momo it to you via your, your phone number and all that? So you can actually encourage the mom and pops, the local business around, set them up or tell them how to. Because most of this business, I'm sure, where I go to in my estate, I have a couple of shops that they know my face by default. And I come in, I'll got oh, two days. How are you? And stuff like that. So when I try to uh, educate them on this, they take it from a place of trust. 'Cause there's this general distrust for the government in courts you get. So if we do a part in our environment and in our ecosystem and encourage them, stick to your budgets, know where what is what cash goes for, what can I handle digitally, then I think until we get to the acceptance phase, you do well in the panic mode.
0: Mm yes okay so first thing is budget and then you mentioned um making provision for emergency cash so there's this thing invested with um with sort of demarcated emergency cash for um our uh vestis, as we call them so there is sleep well money and there's there's fallback money so sleep well you money say that
2: again sleep well money i i love yes. i love that phrase
1: I love that that phrase. phrase. (laughs) Sleep well money.
0: Sleep well money and then there is fallback money. So sleep well money is that money that is, when you think of it, it just makes you sleep well. Like when you remember that you have this money, you know, locked up somewhere, you're just happy, it gives you joy. So it's like your emergency cash that you keep locked away somewhere. Um, you don't have access to it. I mean, you, you you do have access to it, but it's just locked up somewhere. Um, and it's just growing for you, right? And then your fallback money is money that you can access easily. You also have it stashed somewhere. It's also like emergency money, but you have it stashed somewhere that you can always just you know, put your hand into when there is an emergency that you need to just quickly offset. So I like the idea of you making provisions for for in emergency cash. And then the final one that you mentioned was encouraging people um, around you to embrace it. I know that our parents, they our parents are so used to to holding cash. Like I feel like they're the ones that probably might find this. This um, transition period very difficult because they they're not very um, I'll use the word it savvy. So encouraging them to um, just embrace this cashless um, you know time and cashless transactions would sort of help the transition for every other person you know to be easy. And then the local um, shops around us, the, the market woman or the aboki. Um, beside you, you know, it be easier for us, like you said, our, our mobile phones, our, our mobile numbers are actually like our, our bank accounts, right? So you can just transfer money using USSD codes to them if they have a, a an account. So it just makes everything easier and we will all benefit from it in the long run. So thank you so much. That was very profound. And I just wanted to mention um, very quickly that on our website, vested.ng, we have a lot of resources where we talk about things like sleep money, money, fallback money, and how you can, you know, do better with your money. We're big on educating people on how, you know, they can win with, um, their finances. Okay. So now that we know how to plan effectively, um, and we just talked about online transactions, um, Syed. So given that the cashless system is largely driven by IT, how can we protect our money? Um, I, I know that, and you mentioned the other day that a lot of people have received um, you know, funny funny text messages or funny calls about how their, their account is a threat and, and all that. Now that we are going fully cashless, is this like an opportunity for Fraud for some people, I feel like it is. How do we protect ourselves and protect our money?
2: Yeah, I will say you're on cost because, um, people you know, before digital used to be optional, not a lot of people embrace it, but now that everybody's forced to go that direction, trust me, the so called Mr. John apologies if you have a John listening, but most of the SMS I get is always signed by Mr. John to say. <laughs> My DVN has been blocked and I need to call this number to get it sorted. Imagine me calling to get him to defraud me. But, you know, a lot of us panic. I don't want to get cash trapped. Let me call and sort it out, right? It's been for them and it's been working. So I'll say now the first rule of this is don't give out sensitive information. You have the right. If you call your bank, your new customer care number, or you're in the bank and the customer care person or, or the bank rep is asking you for sensitive information, Easy your ATM PIN. I mean, he or she has no business with my ATM PIN. You give me this card. Push come to show. Query your system. Get whatever you can get about that card. But I don't have to give you that information. There's a reason why it is called PIN. Personal identification number. It belongs to me alone. And I'll say also, because uh, we have um, transaction goes two ways on debit cards. You have the one you have to... Uh, you have to validate using a dynamic PIN, which is the OTP. You have some that goes with your debit card number and your CVV, the three numbers behind your card. So some transactions will go smoothly. You don't need to do a dynamic validation. But most transactions, I know most banks are being enforced by CBN to include a dynamic validation for transactions. So, of course, keep your PIN private, your debit card details. I've seen a lot of people saying, show me the color of the ATM card, and I see debit card's picture with um the serial number exposed on social media and I'll just shake my head. If only you know the danger involving this. And some people say they don't know my pin now. What can happen? But mm-hmm. trust me, these things are not done in a day. So keep the sensitive information to yourself. Do not give it out. If when in doubt, try to walk to the close walk into the closest branch of your bank. At least you can put a face to wherever you're doing the transaction with if it goes south. Then secondly, I'll say, don't use generic number for ATM pin. A lot of us are guilty of using our date of birth. One nine, six nine, one nine zero zero, one nine nine two, you know, and um, it's one of the easiest things to get out of people, the year of birth is the easiest. Uh, you know, if, if someone is out to get you, they know how to, you know, they know how to um, social engineer this thing so they can get the information. So the harder you make this information, is on your debit card, then the harder it gets for the other party to kind of guess or try to sabotage. Then also, I would say uh, the vigilance in using POS and ATM machines, although there was a time it was common, but it's died down. But now that we are being forced to um, digital face again, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I've seen instances where people's debit cards are cloned. You go to use a POS machine, innocent transaction, However, back end as a device extracting your card details and all, then how long will it take for people to plug on to all of the shopping sites and supply like card details? And like you're saying, sleepwell money becomes disappears and the sleep also disappears. Like I still can't get over that sleepwell money. <laughs> it, has a, it has a nice good. <laughs> then then I'll say I advise most of us here at Text Survey to set transaction limit on your mobile apps. I mean, most banks give you one millionaire by default. And you still have the opportunity to increase it to five million, but if you ask yourself, in a month, how often do you do a transaction of up to one million? Yes. So if you don't, then go back and reduce your limit to 100k or 50k. So, in instances where it falls in the wrong hands, you've locked that limit, so you're actually protecting yeah. yourself. You, you get my point, right? Then I also say, for huge transaction, inflow, outflow, huge is now relative. 100K can be huge to me, it can be peanuts to someone else, but depending on your scope, I think you need to validate this transaction on your mobile app or your internet banking aside just SMS alerts, because I've seen uh, boys getting smart and pushing false SMS alerts to, to vendors, and you see it and you think it's the real deal until when you check and nothing is in your bank account. So I'll say do a second level check, use the app or another source to see Right, and then the last one I can think of the top of my head would be to secure digital devices, biometric, yeah. password, pin codes, and all of that. And of course, most of the devices as technology advances, uh, they kind of make it easier to secure. You have this function you enable on your phone. If someone tries to bypass it via by computer, it wipes your phone automatically. If you yeah. try your password five times or ten times, you set number of times, it wipes your phone clean. So you know, oh, the phone is gone. However, my um, financials are safe, my information and other things are actually safe because digital comes with identity theft a lot. I pretend to be you to get access. So you're not only protecting your money but your digital identity. So yes, secure digital devices.
0: Yes, I like that one. And you know how um, these guys have gotten very, very smart. Like they would... They would ask for very, ra- well, r- information that might seem random to you, but then they are collating this, this information and they are just sort of waiting for you somewhere for you to then give all the information that they would need. So they would ask questions like um, um, maybe all those born in October, you know, Share a a smiley emoji or something like that, and then all those born if you are like the. You were saying something about that side. Do you want to? Do you want to throw more light on that?
2: Oh, oh yes, that's that's around social engineering, and I've seen it happen a lot on Twitter, right? So you just mm-hmm. see an innocent tweet saying, um, "All the July people do a smiley, and you smile," which portrays your Batman as July. Another random Twitter, another random user will tweet. 1st uh, of July guys are the coolest or the 4th are the coolest. And of course, it's a trend. You want to jump on it. I say, no, 1st is it, 4th is it. And we get to identify all those that are for 1st or 4th of July. So what it means is you've given out your month of birth innocently somewhere and you're giving out the day of birth innocently somewhere. Mm. Social engineering, back end, somebody's putting it together. Then randomly down the line again, it might be a month, it might be two months, we have even forgotten someone says i'm doing giveaway for all those born in 2002 and god help you you go under that tweet and say yes what you've just done is you've told me your date of birth. i have it handy and i just keep profiling you based on what you put out there on social media where you go to eat where you shop what you do what movies you watch and all that somebody's putting all this data together until they can profile you and they feel they know you and you agree with me but i think one of the uh, security checks for most of the financial apps are typically your data of birth uh, includes date of uh, year of birth month of birth to do some form of validation, and that's just how you've been social engineered. So it's uh, just to take care. There are subtle ways um, these guys access to put our so our personal information out there. I just think, given the whole social craze or the move to the digital now, I will just say we we go slow and be careful. The amount of details put out there, because you don't know yeah. who is collecting it.
0: Yes, and we'll just be thinking on our end that oh, it's just vibes, you know. It's just I vibes.
2: To, I give the winner. i Capricorn. No, it's Virgo. It's September. <laughs> it's a Leo. Nothing that yeah, exactly. I tell you, only use do this. You know, oh, it's my it's my sign, you know. But deep down, someone has converted it to your month of birth and is on file somewhere. So
0: yeah, and they're getting smarter. I mean, um. While we are trying to beef up, um, like, uh, IT security and all that, they are also, you know, beefing up their own skills and, you know, asking all these very <laughs> interesting questions that you would think of.
2: There's this internal joke around my circle, right? They would typically say, if a lot of companies who put a lot into R&D as this guy, as they do, then we'll have gone somewhere far. Because trust me, these guys invest a lot in research and development. The way they profile people, yeah. if you're not in that field or you're really tech savvy, it's innocent enough, you don't even know until it happens. Then it's like a it's like a movie, how did I get here? And mm-hmm. you're doing like a rewind back, oh yes, that's straight. Oh, did I give my data back? Oh yes, I did do. Then of course, the unfortunate, in quotes, village people get accused, not yeah. knowing who we did it out of our own volition. So yeah, the guys are getting smarter by the day
0: yes I think another thing that we to add because I have experienced it is saving your card details I mean I'm not calling out any brand but I mean I don't even need to call out any brand saving your card details on um on um um this um hill drivers I don't know what the the general name is like this taxi mm-hmm. services um online yeah. if you want- something and maybe you buy you buy something regularly from me from a particular site and you're like mm, i just don't want to put in my card details all the time let me just save my card details on there those guys are very smart like they just they have a way around these things and they can they can just use your saved card details to clear your accounts. this happened to me before it was very painful um oh my
2: so I, I, can, I can only imagine
0: it was yeah. too and it
2: happened on my birthday, I can imagine. <laughs> no one, <lied>. <laughs> <laughs> no one was, like, was no, memorable. It's, it's, it's so easy. fresh in your memory. Yes. But I, depending I, on I the card done. you use. Yeah, I know yeah. for Visa, yeah. you have very uh, verified by Visa. It's uh, like another layer of security that if you activate that, then all transactions on your Visa card will get a dynamic OTP sent to your phone for second level. have mastercard secure i mean i think the banks should do more in educating people now that um we're about to see a lot of paradigm shifts to cashless i think they should do more in uh, you know giving out this um, information on how people can better protect themselves online
0: absolutely absolutely um ride hailing services all them e-commerce websites just don't save your cards on there um for your own good okay so we're rounding up, but Said, are there steps that you can advise the average Nigerian to take, you know, to thrive in this cashless economy? I know that you've given us some very interesting um, you know, I think you you mentioned a few steps on how we can plan effectively, but are there is there like are there steps that we should take, you know, to thrive in this cashless economy so we can begin to take those steps today?
2: Ah, uh, really, I'll say there are a lot of steps, right? But um, like for some, most of us actually embrace cashless um, even yeah. before it became mandatory because I know for one, I just keep, like I said, emergency cash in my wallet, but I'm sure to do more of USSD. I'm a big fan of USSD because it's just within my limit quickly, I pop it out and I'm gone and all that, right? But I'll say mm-hmm. to thrive in cashless, right? The first thing is to open a bank account if you don't have one. I know a couple of people with a wallet account and all that, and they say it serves me, but I'll say get a proper bank account. You get why, right? Then if you have one already, then I'll say get another account. So they write right on switch. This is technology. They're not sales proof. If I swipe an orange card today and it fails, do you have a blue card there to back me up or I want to wash plates? That is on you, you get, so I'll say, just, just have an alternative or a backup, even on digital then I'll say it's a season. No knowledge is wasted. Uh, kind of get familiar with digital payment methods, especially bills payments. I have a lot of friends who say, guy, DSTV, I will text you my card, PM. I need to pay for uh, electricity, my utility. Can you do it? And I'll just laugh and do it. But I think as easy as it sounds, a lot of people are not familiar with it. So I think we should really get into the practicality of how this thing works. When I press this button, what happens behind? You can read it for leisure. So I guess when you understand this, this parameter, then it's even easier for you as a conversation starter, then it, it kind of stops your panic. There's some transaction I do on the ETM. I see issue or switching operative. I don't bother getting a receipt because I know it didn't cross the threshold. It won't even be debited. Some will tell you reverse. I know money is gone. Maybe yeah. because I've been I've been privileged to be in the system. It's sounds kind of easy to me. But you know, people can read up distance and random. Then you build your, uh, you build your knowledge and you know how it works, right? And like mm-hmm. I said earlier, support local businesses because if you encourage them to do digital, then the honors of using cash will not be on you now because you have a venue to explore the digital. So the stress of going to queue at the ATM to get cash or using POS and paying with half of your kidney will not have instances of that happening, basically.
1: Uh.
0: Mm. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Okay, so um, I want us to round up very quickly because it's almost five p.m. Um, uh, the, I mean, there are individuals, there are corporates, small businesses, people that are doing like very nano businesses in in their kitchen. What would be that if there's if there's something that they should take away from everything that you've shared? What would it be? Can you categorize it for? Um, Corporates, the average Nigerian, like individual Nigerian, um, um, small businesses, um, medium businesses. Can you categorize, or is there like a one size fits all takeaway that that all of them can just you know remember and just run with when whenever you know they are going to line up in the queue or they're trying to make transactions um, higher than their limits and it's so frustrating that they're unable to is there like a key takeaway that you can share for them to run with
2: that's that's an interesting one uh, so for for corporate I'll say they've been doing this all along so for corporates given their nature of businesses they move a lot of funds so trust me all those will definitely go through some form of digital channel are you doing transfers? Are you doing a SWIFT? Are you doing next transfer? Are you issuing checks? And all that. So for corporate, I think they're pretty covered already, right? Then for small businesses, mom and pops, Instagram store, and WhatsApp businesses. <laughs> I remember when I used to joke, when I WhatsApp, most of my friends, just uh, will say, this is a WhatsApp with a business account. And i would be like, wait till you sell again. But I'll just say, rather than depending on cash transfers, right? They could um, embrace payment gateways. So this gives you some level of comfort that you have an intermediary for the business. When you say I've sent the money, all I need is a a confirmation from the gateway and I'm rest assured. Unlike you sending money, I receive a lot and some instances it's reversed mysteriously and I don't have value and I've let out the goods already. So I'll say for those businesses, try to use payment gateway set up a kind of store most of this uh, partners now make it easy they give you a store for free it's easy to set up so you can move from whatsapp or instagram and embrace such or you can still be on this platform but have a payment link other than transfer to my bank account because the truth is digital is digital is is the friend it's not the enemy right Uh, and aside that that is for Um, SME and small business Then for individuals of course I'll say it even makes it easy in the sense that there's trail for there's a digital trail for everything you do you can now trace where is my money going to where did I put this and you know we're in this era of data 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 so using your simple excel you can check at the end of a month we're doing your budgeting or oh, I did um, Chicken Republic 10 times this month, I did ice cream, I did this fancy restaurant four times, then that gives you indication that this is where uh, a, a portion of my funds is going, to, is going into food, it's going into feeding, right? But you agree with me, there's some transactions you do with cash. Um, like the example I cited when we're, when we're talking earlier is, I go to the ATM, I get like maybe 20000 naira for the weekend, and a Monday morning, and getting ready for work, and I slip open my wallet, and I see 3K. And I start doing mental maths. I saw it was 20K in this wallet. Did I yeah. get this? And at the end of the day, you may be able to put together a 12K or a 10K, okay. but you still have that 5K chunk missing because yeah. it's cash. But if we embrace digital, so you have a trail. You don't even have to worry. All you need to do is call up your transaction history or check your statement online, and you put this things together. And these apps are getting so friendly now that the AI, we, we analyze your transaction details and portion it for you into feeding, utility, tips, and all that, so you don't have to do the maths. And it helps you, you know, to say if you plan your money well, then, then you're in control. Because I noticed okay. is most of us spend without limit, or I have 50K and you keep spending and keep spending. And when you check, you've exhausted the limits. And when you go back to breakdown, you see maybe... 80% went into black tax, urgent 2K. And what you had at the back of your mind is 10K for origin 2K, right? But now that it's digital, you're able to take all this trail together. So what I'm saying is, you have you have a lot of advantages for digital. And I'll say again, you know, the digital will definitely, or we're hoping, is going to reduce crime rates without tangible money to steal. So if you snatch my pots and I have my mobile holding, what you see yes. here is what hundred, fifty naira, five hundred. So that, that's that's for that kind of protects us, right? Then it also saves you, aside from tracking your spending, then I'll say um I'll say that the last key takeaway for everybody now for me will be it just kind of eliminates the the time and cost associated with handling handling cash. For me, right from COVID period of twenty twenty, I viewed a target and washing my hands consciously. Especially when I handle notes, because I've seen what bus conductors do to narrow notes and other traders, and I don't want that anywhere near my face or my skin. So now I know it's my phone; <laughs> it's digital. So, yes. so I mean, let's let's just embrace it. It's it's here for good. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Said. I I like when uh, I like how you said that small businesses should embrace payment gateways. I think I think that's like a game changer for them. Um, especially with this, you know, cashless issue and um, small businesses just still trying to keep their heads up and just stay above the water. So payment gateways will go a long way for them, um, for small businesses and for individuals. Guys, let's just go digital. Let's embrace this thing. Um, it's for our own good, Um aside from even helping us budget better and track our spending, like it would just help reduce the crime rates and just make everything easier in the long run. Our economy will be better for it. We don't have to be printing Naira notes and, and all that. I think the, the main key um, takeaway for me um, side was when you shared the 90 to 120 days period of, you know, panic acceptance and survival mood. I, I I think we're we're maybe at the tail end of the panic of the panic mood and I can't I can't wait for us to you know accept it and begin to just you know cruise in that survival mode. But um long and short is this cashless policy is for our own good. It would benefit us. We just need to sensitize the um the local shops around us sensitize our uncles our, our folks and just let them know the benefits of vitamin I mean, saeed has shared a lot um i don't know if there are any questions from our audience if there's anybody that wants to ask any question but if there are none i think we can call it a day because it's just um, past five PM, and we we need to round up. Um, but thank you so much, Said. Uh, I I I feel like the uncertainty of this year has reduced a bit <laughs> because of these conversations and how we sort of know um, why discussions. Um, you know, this cautious thing isn't so bad, and how we need to embrace it and how we can make it work for. For us for for most of us, we had already started, you know, embracing it, but we still have that habit of you know carrying cash around just because you probably might be in a bus and you want to buy something quickly, or you want to just go down the road and buy Suya, you know, for the Suya fans on the call. But yes, I mean, thank you, Said, for um showing us the other side of this thing. It was so engaging, so insightful. I don't know if you guys got anything from me. It's
1: my I new part is here. Yeah. Sorry. I think there's
2: a question from um fake madam.
1: Yes. Oh yes. I've trying to raise up my hand. Sorry. Um, I have just one question yeah. for Said. Um, some of us have been like ambassadors of the whole cashless thing, even before it became like law, should I say? Um, at any point you can find more than 5k with me, but with the um, things we've seen like over the last week or less, we can see that um most of the banks do not have the digital infrastructure to really support this sudden shift. USSD um, is failing, cards are failing, apps are failing. it's like um they don't have the infrastructure is not strong enough to support everybody moving online at the same time. So do you think there's a way that um, Nigeria or the CBN could have gone about this thing better? Maybe make it like a step by step, like um, movement of people into the new cashless policy or something. Because right now, almost everything is failing, and people cannot—they can't spend cash, and they cannot even use like the cashless options.
2: Oh yes, that's that's a very interesting question, right? I had the same thought when the day uh, of the initial cutoff, and I was I was stuck at the supermarket. I couldn't pay for my water. In thank God I had a few. Change in my wallet, and I paid right. So, like we said, the infrastructure is lean. There's no, there's no argument about that, right? And it's now being, uh, how will I say, it's now being overcrowded, overused, right? I also see if there been a better approach or the takeaway for this transition, like being to be strategic about about it. So, when we had the in era, why not drive some class of people, box in some transaction, and and peg it at in era. So that way you can test that ecosystem and say, okay, you know we hold in for this? So for NIMS, which are normal transfer, uh, NIT, instant transfer, what is the limit, the shock test? How, how much can it take at once? Then we go to NET, which is it takes larger amounts and takes next day to settle. Because all this is about settlement. We're trying to settle all transactions at once give instant value, which was what cost that bottleneck. So if we're able to break down categorized transactions, Okay, I'm paying for something in Lagos that's needed to be shipped to me. Uh, logistics will take three days. Why do I want instant settlement? Can there be some form of digital confirmation that say it has paid and you the vendor, your rest assured? So before that three days while you're shipping or while the commodity is on the road to me, you get value. You get my point. It's all about reevaluating the infrastructure we have and also categorizing these transactions. Which do we settle instantly? which we settle in six hours, which we settle in a day or seven days, then I think we'll kind of get some stability before we're able to expand the current infrastructure. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I think,
0: madam, I hope your question was answered. Um, Thank you so much, Saeed. Okay, so we have to round up. It's past 5 PM. Thank you all so much for staying. throughout the session and just very quickly guys it's the month of love Um, and next week we'll be discussing joint finances yes joint finances and how you can share your burden with other people this 2023 2023 is an interesting year you don't want to do 2023 alone so um, join our session next week to learn how you can share your burden 2023, our speaker will be addressing um how you can combine your finances profitably with your spouse or your sibling or your partner, anybody that you love <laughs> or don't love depends on you. <laughs> uh, but plant <laughs> it there <laughs> and invite those that matter to you, or you know, people that you'll be willing to combine your finances with. Thank you so much, Said. Thank you so much for sharing all yes. these you know, wise Thank things. you for having me. Yes, and thank you to um, Thick Madam for speaking. Thanks to everyone who um, has used our hashtags. Thank you. And thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, just a very quick reminder for us at Bested, your financial well-being is important to us. So catch you again next week. Keep in date with us. And um, we would address joint finances and how you can share your burden in 2023. Enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you. Cheers, guys.
1: Bye.